Wait, why did it say zero seconds before start? Who does that, Zencaster? Uh, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. We are here, and we are here to record. We are here to talk Taskmaster. Um, I'm still recovering after the recording of last last episode. Yes, your voice sounds noticeably different because you've recovered into a different microphone setting. I don't know, but I'm still I don't know. I'm still trying to get the grips with all this fancy technology that the kids are using. Yes, the fancy the fancy technology says the old man who was younger than me. I, I I may be young, but I feel old as hell. Also, I'm sorry if you hear some creaking. I'm on like this really rickety wooden chair in a tiny little shed in the back of a of our oh, second home garden. Yeah, I'm very upper middle class. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's fine. Mm. Anyway, welcome to your time starts now a Taskmaster podcast. Today we'll be covering uh, episode two of series two, Pork is a Sausage. Uh, I'm Emerson. And I'm Joe. Uh, the second best Joe after Joe Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, soon to be the third best Joe. Oh, I would I would like to dispute that. There is, I, I am very, I do not believe that there is a better Joe than me after Wilkinson, maybe. Mm. Well, we've got Joe Lysa coming up in a few series, so that'll be I'm, interesting. I'm, I believe his name is Hugo Boss, although he did change it back. But yeah, he briefly changed I, it to am, Hugo Boss, but that's a story for that, another that, day. That resets him on the Joe seniority scale to way down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I am I am better. Anyway, that's that's a story for another day. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so we're here. Uh, you're two regular uh, idiots uh, who know everything about podcasting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everything. Oh, I just absolutely hit, everything. I just bumped my pop filter, trying to reach and get some water. Sorry. Hello, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay, yes, good. I can. Um, okay. So yeah, there'll probably be a lot of um, background noise today because like it's a lot of limited space, and like I mentioned, the creaky chair. Um, no, yes. no squash this week. Just water. I I am joined again by my faithful companion, Dr Pepper and cream soda, zero sugar. It is. As you may know, as Emerson clanks in the background, I am, of course, a a fan of zero calorie sodas in weird flavors. Oh well, we we're not here to discuss uh, fizzy drinks and the impact they that have. was last week. Yeah, that was last week. Um, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, uh, you should because not only will you miss out on a lot of well, not a lot of, but you'll miss out on a lot of great moments from us and including what is arguably the funniest moment we've had on this podcast so far. Yes. Yes, it has been. And Will, uh, that, that, will that moment ever be topped? Probably, but maybe not today. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's it's great. We'll have to get we'll have to see if we can drag other people onto this podcast to uh yeah. to see if they want to like actually I'm I'm trying to convince my mom to come on this podcast. Oh, that'd and, uh, be fun. Her response to it was I can't. I don't have my makeup on, which is a uh, which I had to remind her that a podcast is a uh, not visual medium. Maybe your mom has the face for radio. <laughs> mom. <laughs> I'm going to let you rethink that statement because A, she listens to this podcast and B, she will find a way to make you regret it. Hi, Joe's mom. <laughs> but um, but no, she, 
she's she sure, actually i'm sure your mom is a lovely lovely woman yes she is and uh i'm and actually she helped me do the scoring because i watched this last night and she came in about halfway through so for the last couple of tasks we've got my score and her score for this oh yeah that reminds me i still need to record a a jingle for taskmaster joe at this point in time i haven't done it but i need to it'll probably be the worst thing ever and because i th- well, and because we've we'll been playing it so many times, I should probably like just like this. This totally. I'll probably just say very quickly in the, the end. This uh, at the end of the jingle. This totally won't get annoying. I think what you should do is you should make the jingle, but you should also do it where it's just you like like just singing the words Taskmaster Joe, and we can drop that into every episode this season wherever any of us mention that. I was thinking of it's getting all like, just a, like a sensor bleep, but it's all just that drop every time. I don't know. Let's let let's see what we can cook up because we'll, normally we'll overpromise and underdeliver. Like we'll say, yeah, like we we can't guarantee we'll go with the whole sensor bleep thing. Maybe we'll just get like a because my idea was to just get like a royalty free jingle off the internet that's maybe ten five ten seconds long and just say like saying Taskmaster Joe over it. If we go with that, uh, you will know by now. Um, but anyway, that's enough about the future of this podcast. Uh, anything interesting in your personal life? It's raining. That's about it. Oh, it rained today. It was, it was pissing it down. It's, it's still raining. And we still, and we went for, actually, we went for a walk while it was raining heavily and our walk ended when it stopped raining. I mean, you are English. That is what is supposed to happen to you. We here in the uh, the land of eternal freedom and sunshine. We uh, we aren't supposed to have this. Yeah. But you may have freedom, but do you have free health care? I mean, I'm on my parents' insurance, so yes. Uh, I meant you plural. I I'm aware of that, but you know, who has the world's who has the world's largest military? It's uh, it's actually North Korea, probably. But we are second best at that. And ours isn't full of conscripted slaves. So there we go. What, what the hell? You're, you're like Jimmy Carr insulting Henning Venn. On I, I, I will always be down to insult Europeans. Europeans? and Europe is not a country. It's a continent. Everyone in... Most countries in Europe have very different cultures. Like, I, I am aware of the difference in like cultures. The countries, However, like when- the cultures in Western Europe uh, compared to, say, Eastern Europe and Scandinavia are not really the same. I, I am aware of the cultural differences between, say, Belgrade and Paris, but I also am aware that whenever for Americans get shit on by people from continental Europe, they always meant to say, us Europeans are better than you Americans, without bothering to differentiate which part of the world they live in. So, so it's all... Also, you, the U.S. has wildly different cultural mo- differences between Miami and, like, and Minnesota. There's there's a lot of regional variations. I was watching a video of like the dumbest laws in the 50 states. Oh, God. And I can't... This It's stupid because I only watched this video like two, three hours ago. And I can't for the life of me remember what any of them were. Um, I think... No, I, I don't know. I think one of them... Those- I think it was Alaska... That said it was illegal to share a hot tub with a bear. 
I mean, that's just common sense, but, you know, probably some dipshit tried it and got eaten, and that's, like, a lot that saves you from yourself. I mean, sometimes stupid laws are created because people do the dumb things in the first place. That's that's how most laws are made, or at least in this this part of the world. I don't know how, how England works. It's probably like ye oldie script that has been passed down from t- generation to generation has been has been decreed that it is illegal to something or other. Probably, you know, confuse Wensleydale with Cheddar or something like that. Oh, don't don't get me started on Wensleydale. Every time someone says the word Wensleydale to me, I think of Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. That is the only reason why Wensleydale is still widely produced is because of that show. And the, and Maybe I'll just put like a Wallace soundbite here of him saying one of his like iconic cheese-related catchphrases. Just, Not even Wensleydale. Just, just here. Right here. Not even Wensleydale. What's wrong with Wensleydale? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, that'll be... That's funny. I, I love that episode of Wallace and Gromit. There's only been like four episodes of Wallace and Gromit. Plus, plus a movie, plus a bunch of shorts, plus the entire Shaun the Sheep series... Sean the Sheep's quite good, actually. I rate I've it. kept up with Ardman's stuff. I loved Chicken Run. I haven't seen Chicken Run in ages, man. Mrs. Tweedy, the chickens are revolting! <laughs> Finally, something we can agree on. It's such a good line. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know how they feel about casting Mel Gibson as Rocky. I... It was alright. Yeah. I, I didn't, mean, I didn't have like, any opposition to that film. It's Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. This is before he was crazy. This was like 1999. Oh, I mean, Mel Gibson's been crazy ever since he started making films. I mean, I don't know if... I haven't seen Braveheart, but my God, he... He, he wasn't crazy where the public could see him. Also, Braveheart is weirdly unnecessarily long. I think. Mm-hmm. I think there's... I've, I think I've said it before. There are some movies that are just so unnecessarily long that it takes the piss. I actually, I haven't seen Braveheart, so I can't comment, but I'm just, I think, I'm just, I think I might, I might have said this before, but I think one movie I find uh, unnecessarily long is Amadeus, which is the story of Mozart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, Mozart versus Salieri, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, no offense to Mozart, but I don't think enough, after, after watching the movie, I just don't think enough happened in his life for it to be two and a half hours of basically just people talking. Hmm. Like, actually... I, have, the, the, this I weird, haven't seen it. I mean, I've seen it, and I've seen it only once, and I got, I'm glad I haven't seen it since. But basically, it's like... I'll give you an idea of how long it was. The DVD was... Because we watched it on a DVD in 2015, and the DVD was double-sided. Oh, my God. You know what movie was too long? What? Was, did you ever see the movie Julie and Julia? I have not, no. It, it's about, this is like in the two, this is a, like, early 2010s movie when they, when they, like, were licensing, when they were, like, buying movie rights to people's blogs and stuff. I'd read the book that this woman had written because she had decided she was going to make, in the course of a year, every single recipe out of Julia Child's cookbook. And... For some reason, this got licensed into a movie with a Meryl Streep as Julia Child, and it it was good. I I watched it because I I liked the book, and 
it was we went to the movies i think it was at like a 9 30 showtime and we didn't get out until almost 1 a.m shit it was unnecessarily lengthy also you're lucky i know who julia child is because i'm not i don't know a lot of british people who might okay she's like the british she's like the american mary berry Yes, that is. Julia Child was one of the first people to do cooking television on public broadcasting in the United mm-hmm. States, and um, she she really had a love for French cooking. So she her shows were known as one of the shows she did was known as the French Chef. She's basically this is in the time when like television was wholesome, oh. and there's actually there's um I was about to say there is a uh, she's basically like the wholesome Gordon Ramsay, but there's actually an epic rap battles of history video where it is yeah. Julia Child versus Gordon Ramsay. That that was that was a that was a, that was a, that's a that was a while ago that. That was like epic rap battles season two. That was that's when because if you if if you are a connoisseur of internet videos like that, um, ERB started. They were like two minutes long and they've started to balloon upwards of six with a couple of verses for each rap participant and this one was one of the note it's going back now it's because it's nine years old now it's noticeably shorter i mean production value goes up as um things get more but ERB. It actually had really good production value for what it was. It did, but I feel like they're now, because they're so high production value now, I think there was a Harry Potter versus Luke Skywalker yes. not too long ago. But That was that done one, entirely in Lego. Yeah, I think it's only one of like two to be entirely in Lego. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that one was also during um, the 2020 lockdown. They did that. So I think that was more like we can't do anything else. Yeah, pretty much. Um... What I will say though is because their production value's gone up, they're they're fewer and farther between now. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that that I always am a little annoyed by is when it's like I would rather you have a mildly lower production value if we could have regular uploads. Because I think it's so like the more the like the parody channels who do like their own versions can like maybe thrive on it without being overshadowed. I guess because there's a lot of rap battle parodies recently. I actually haven't seen a lot of those, but um, I think also ERB stopped for a while for some reason. Mm. If I can, if I can remember. Also, by the way, I'm sorry if you have no idea what we're talking about. Like, if you're listening to this in the future, there was a YouTube channel called Epic Rap Battles of History where they would pit historical figures or fictional characters or fictional characters against each other in or even current rap figures. battles. Even current yes, um, notable inclusions were. Multiple rounds of Darth Vader versus Hitler. Those were good. Um, uh, Steve uh, Jobs versus Bill Gates. That's probably one of the um, most infamous battles, not just in rap, but ever. Um, my my personal favorite is um, from is from last year. Thanos versus Robert Oppenheimer, in which Oppenheimer destroyed Thanos somehow was it's really good it's really well done it's only like four minutes long also they had um various presidents of russia against each other and like and also like uh marx and lenin were involved that that one was very good but mm. they they're known Lots for their elaborate production in. values yeah they're a lot of elaborate green screen work and costuming and the fact that they can actually do makeup and 
and look like the people they're portraying while hmm. rapping really quickly. Um, Weird Al's been involved in a couple of them. Key and Peele. Snoop Dogg was in one, I think. Amer- American comedians. Yeah, Snoop Dogg has been in a couple. Yeah. Or one. It's it's it was it was very big, like in the late two thousands, early twenty tens. No, no, this is mid-2010s. This is when YouTube was oh, yeah, that's more. really big and people were making money off of it, but it wasn't to the point where it's like everything was a shameless cash grab. By the way, we're thinking of starting a Patreon soon. Let us know what you think in the comments below. But um, but this is um, when everything was a... Sh- was marketed by companies, but they hadn't yet figured out how to, how to make money off of it, is when ERB was at its peak. Someone can probably do a paper into the um, into like the different stratas of YouTube history. This because this is like when they were made specifically to go viral, but they also still were like made because they wanted to do this and not because they wanted to exclusively make money. Yeah, YouTube is like that nowadays. Uh, no, yeah. no shade to anyone who uh, makes money off of YouTube. I no, no shade at all. But I will absolutely roast someone alive if they say hit that bell mm. because that is like I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. Smash that like button. Yeah, I hate that. I hate physically that sort of thing. Physically assault the like button. <laughs> if you. It, I hate it. I hate. I hate all the little like on-screen graphics where they'll have like a a cursor come up and click on a like button, and like to show you how to do it as though it has never happened before in your life. It's like we all know what it is. There are children who have grown up who have never known a world without YouTube. We are aware of the user interface, and if we don't like your video, it's because we have because we genuinely dislike it. It's like, also, oh some, my god. Sometimes people just can't be asked to actually click the like button or comment. Some, well, I mean, yes, that's true. But it's also, it's like sometimes if you do that, I you mean, recommend I don't, I don't blame them. Always. You don't have to like or comment every video, except if it's the video versions of our podcast, in which case, uh, smash the like button and uh, physically assault the subscribe button as well. Please don't hit the bell, though. Nothing is worth being notified for I mean, we, in, in your day-to-day life, especially we upload, this. We, up, we upload episodes every Wednesday, with the exception of the previous episode, which came out specifically on Monday, the 21st of June. Also, we upload these in the middle of the night. We upload these, we schedule these to go up at, well, last season. I'm not sure what we're going to do, but we're probably going to aim for the same time as uh, 12.30 in the morning uh, British Standard Time. And which translate to around 8.30 at night um, East Coast time in the U.S. And then work out your own your own time zone from there. But um, that is not an ideal time to listen to a two-plus-hour podcast. And the reason why our podcasts are two-plus hours is because the first 20 minutes is mostly fluff, which it is now. Yes, it is fluff. And uh, this is – this. but I enjoy this. I enjoy this. This is fun. But um, – but yeah, it's into the history of YouTube with people who were there for the entire thing. I remember when you, oh my God, that's basically back in my day, YouTube videos could only be 10 minutes long. And if you wanted to upload something longer than that, you had to make it two parts or more. God, I mean, back like back in- long, long videos have been on like on the rise recently because I think the timestamps feature has really encouraged longer videos. 
Yeah, YouTube's going for either these motherfuckers are going to sit here for an hour and watch something, mm. or they're going the exact opposite way and uh, are doing like sub sixty second shorts to compete with TikTok. Which mm. I I personally, again, internet history here. I personally think that TikTok does not capture the appropriate chaotic energy of a short video like Vine did. No, because of like them, them being like six, seven seconds, you had to be really, really snappy and cram everything. You can in. have chaos in sixty seconds. There are plenty of actually YouTube Shorts. For as much as we're gonna, as a lot of YouTube creators will malign them because they aren't, um, they aren't being promoted in a monetary fashion. Right now, according to YouTube's algorithm, from what I've heard from other YouTubers, uh, a lot of people are taking clips from existing shows that either they made or that they found online and putting them into the shorts format, which is objectively a terrible way to watch television. But if we are doing this, they've managed to actually like slice it down into just the highlights, and it actually is really cool. But... You can actually have a 60-second, like, chaos energy clip, and just TikTok does not hmm. accomplish that. Yeah, I have, Also, it's Chinese spyware. I have to thank you for being the person to put all the timestamps on the YouTube videos, because people are going to be one of, like, skipping around everywhere to find out when this shit's going to start. It takes so long to do all of that. Like, like I, I like. Imagine I actually, having to I sit, thought, listen, and edit to it and cut it down and, like, I, edit all the voices and stuff. How long does it take you? Because I actually well, I have to listen I, to the full episode, which is in the range of like uh, an hour and a half to two hours. I have to yeah. edit the voices perfectly, which can take somewhere between ten fifteen minutes. Uh, I have to sometimes edit stuff out and throw in sound bits, and those can take a while to download. So, in all, it takes uh, me around two, two, two and a half, on the very rare occasion, three hours to edit an episode. I think I put six or seven hours into an episode because, first of all, I have to watch the damn thing and take notes. Oh, that yeah, that's included too. I mean, that takes watch, it on fa- watch it on a faster speed. I, I don't because I, wa- I write down quotes and stuff. Then I record it. So a two-hour episode, j- like this is probably going to be two hours. Sorry oh, if it's yeah. sorry I mean, we're, it already, is, but, um, we're already 22 minutes in. Yeah, but um, a two-hour episode is um, I'll spend an hour and a half watching it Two hours, right? Two hours recording it with you. I listen through the entire episode at least once, which I do that in the car, so that's not um, time lost. But um, but then I have to go back through and edit it. And that'll take and to do the YouTube video because I put visual jokes and stuff in there. I wish I could be one of those people who's like, ah, this is good enough. But I, I really am not, and it really sucks because that takes three hours sometimes, if not more. Like three to four hours um, at night, typically the day it's going up, and uh, then I have to render it, which that'll take forty-five minutes to an hour. Then I have to upload it to YouTube, which takes like half an hour for some reason. While and then while I'm doing that, I'm putting the timestamps in. Also, I spend ten or fifteen minutes making the cover in um in my photo editor. So I think well, I made the uh, I, have I saved eight to ten hours per episode in this. I saved Joe a bit of time by designing the uh, cover thumbnail for the previous episode, which is yes, Alex with a yoga ball gag in. Mm-hmm, that's, it's the Photoshop that's is horrendous, but that's why it's funny. 
Yeah, that's great. Photoshop is horrendous in general because Adobe yeah. wants you to pay like six hundred dollars uh, a year for a recurring license, yeah. and you can't buy a permanent one. As a matter of fact, I just use a free I Photoshop. I bought. I actually I asked my parents for my Christmas present to be um, Affinity Photo, which is a like Photoshop esque service that was sixty bucks for a permanent license. And before that, I used um, GIMP, which I really should have used if. I was making if you're putting Alex Horn in a ball gag is gimp because that's that's really funny as a gag, yeah. <laughs> but dumb tish. And then um a ball gag. Mm-hmm. And then um I actually we I actually I'm trying to get into a computer aided design and I looked at stuff like AutoCAD and other things of that nature, and AutoCAD is Twelve hundred or so dollars, which is it's a good system from what I've heard. Except it is twelve hundred dollars every year. They don't offer permanent licenses anymore, so I had to go with this random software called ActCAD that got sent to us regular mail from someplace on a thumb drive the size of like my thumb. And what's well, called I, a thumb drive? I'm, no, 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 no. Most thumb drives are like are sized enough to like you don't lose it this one i had to put it on a keychain i was afraid i'd lose it otherwise and it and it's a permanent license but it's and it's like mm, i haven't used it yet so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make any judgments on it but it is like we tried to look it up because we missed an email from them it's like because they were asking us where do you want us to send it even after we gave them our address and it's like hmm this is weird. And it comes to us regular mail in an envelope. And, and you know, we tried looking it up through our PayPal record, through my PayPal records. And it was like this, it's like this company does dentistry. It's like, it's like the name of a dental supply company as well. It's so weird. Like the company that makes it. It's so weird. It's, it's really funny and uh but that's what you've got to do if you want to not have to have a recurring subscription which uh by the way we're thinking of starting up a patreon please uh let us know in the comments whether or not you want to have a recurring subscription to this podcast okay um i think it's time that we got back on track because we've been waffling for nearly half an hour now there's a track but um yes we should call this uh this um episode like money or or shameless cash grab. We'll, I think we'll, we'll choose a title as we go further on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, do you want to start with the price task on pork is a sausage? Yes, I, yes, I will. This was um, provide the trendiest item of clothing, and uh, Alex Alex immediately starts out by saying, "Who brought in their nattiest threads?" Which Greg makes fun of, and uh, it's these are. You know, I think we all have a different um, idea of what trendy means because I like some of these. I also don't like some of these. And unfortunately, the one I think that won, the one that should have won, is very much like the most boring of all of them. So we're starting off with uh, Richard Osman. And Osman, as as anyone who might have guessed, um... There is a band in the United States from the 60s and 70s called the Osmonds, which is a bunch of... Uh, yeah, the, Os- the Osmond brothers. Yeah. Um, no, just, just the Osmonds, or the Osmond yeah, family, them, I think. Yeah, but them, the, the Osmond, they're, they're like a brother, group of brothers who are called the Osmonds. Yes, they're, they're four brothers. They did 
very wholesome-esque 60s and 70s pop and rock songs. And um, they were uh, they were Mormons, which sort of gives you an idea of who they are. I actually, interesting factoid about the Osmonds. The reason they got they came to stardom is that they were in a, um, a barbershop quartet. And they went to Disneyland. And because this was the 60s, they just decided they were going to wear their barbershop quartet uniforms around yeah. Disneyland. And someone from Disney's PR department was just like, ah, you look like you can sing. Do you want to try it? And when they did and they were good, they offered them on the spot a uh, position in Disneyland's uh, re- retinue of on-park singers for the rest of the summer. So that was how the Osmonds got their start, yeah. was because they, they wore eye-catching clothing in public. But um, what this has to do with Richard Osmond is that his last name sounds very much like the Osmonds. And um, so one of his friends has made him a shirt that says the Osmonds, which is a picture of an album cover of the Osmonds with his face superimposed over each of the members of the band. And also it's, the it's name fair. is... Uh, spelled, the Osmond. So it's spelled, uh, so that it would normally have been spelled uh, O-S-M-O-N-D-S, so now spells O-S-M-A-N-S. Yeah, and uh, and it's it's very funny. It actually, if, if that was a shirt that I could buy in person, I probably would, which... Uh, I mean, I personally which, wouldn't buy it. It's such a good gag. I love visual gags like that. Mm-hmm. If you like visual but, uh, gags, you should watch BoJack Horseman. I BoJack is a little too depressing. I've I've heard it's depressing, it's really but good, it's but also it's... really funny. At, yeah, not at the I same don't... time, but in the rare moments, it's it's really funny. Yeah, but I don't I don't want to watch depressing stuff. That's like I I if I'm watching a piece of fiction, I want everyone to be happy. That's the whole point of fiction is that it can be whatever you want it to be. And I want it to not people to not be sad. Well, I'm personally, it's, I, I'm not a big fan of fictional television, but Bojack Horseman is one of my favorite fictional TV shows of all time. Yeah. I, I, I like, I've heard good things about it, but I'd rather watch like something where it's like, Hey, this is just nice and happy and people are not sad at all, which is, you know, it's not a lot of shows, but like I like sitcoms; they're um, funny. Yeah, Sauce Monsters but, like um, a sitcom. Anyway, um, Catherine Ryan. To, uh, Catherine Ryan has brought in what is obviously the best piece of clothing here. Oh, I, my, I want my, these leggings. I want I to it buy is, a pair of these leggings, and I would wear them is, in public with pride. I I don't do leggings, but I definitely would want this pattern on a different piece of clothing. I called it Unicorn versus Robosaurus in my notes. Yeah, it is. Mine is Rainbow Unicorn versus Robot Dinosaur, which, as you might as you might suspect from the name, it is a unicorn with a rainbow background on one leg and a robot dinosaur on the other leg, and they are f- and I don't. They're not fighting, but they're just it is very- looking at each other menacingly. It's very good. It's a very good look. I love that. It kind it's of reminds so... me of Roshin Conaty's stained glass cardigan from last series. The the bright colors do that, but this is better because it doesn't look like it hurts to wear it. Yeah. Roshin's looked like it actually could cause you pain just from ha- from sitting wrong in it. Yeah. But um 
And also Greg described them as horrific. These unicorn. That is Greg's opinion, and that is that is incorrect. Um. Anyways, next we have John Richardson, and he has a cardigan with a very deep V-neck in it. And as as loath as I am to say it, this is probably the closest thing to trendy because it looks kind of raggedy. It looks kind of. It's very John Richardson. It's very John Richardson, but it's also very hip. It's very trendy. It's what you would see someone walking, wearing while they walked down it's the street. It's probably something my dad would wear. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of like muted gray because it's a muted color. It's not bright or, or, tr- or colorful or anything. It's this sort of muted, you know, I'm going to wear this and I'm going to walk from like one hipster coffee bar to another sort of thing. It's what someone who's actually like they like is trying to be trendy would wear and what we mm-hmm. as society have decided for the moment is trendy. And so I think this is actually the closest to trendy because, you know, the current thing in the streetwear community is to wear clothes that look like you pulled them out of a Goodwill bin. <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, so that's, that's kind of where that lies. Although, interestingly enough, this has another cardigan or a waistcoat sewn into it. So you can remove the outer cardigan to reveal an inner cardigan, like it's cardiganception. <laughs> and Maybe we could, could, that could be the episode, cardiganception. Cardiganception is a good, is a good one. And, um, and, we'll just uh, have a picture of John Richardson's cardigan as the thumbnail. Yeah, that'll do it. Save us a bit of time um, on photoshopping and stuff. Yeah, yeah, or or do the or just have um the Inception, uh, poster but with the cardigan in it. <laughs> oh no, we'll we'll see. Yeah, but um, you'll know the but, outcome um, then, by the time you see this. Yes, yes, he will. But uh, then we have uh, Joe Wilkinson, and he has his best tie, which this is a great tie. This is this is a great tie. It is a um, it is a woman wearing a grass skirt whom he claims to be his Auntie Pam from Norwich (laughs) and uh, plus an old style car like from the 1910s ish it looks like you know the straight up and down windshield and the and the you know it it looks ancient and he claims that he gets the most wolf whistles from this (laughs) so while he's wearing this so no no that's fine it's uh so yeah that is that is his thing and then from doc brown sorry can i just say one uh, thing about joe wilkinson first yeah joe wilkinson always is he he always just behave looks and behaves like uh five minutes ago someone shook him awake and dragged him onto set and now he's here Joe, joe wilkinson um i actually i was reading something like literally yesterday on on the taskmaster subreddit where someone posted it's like has anyone noticed that Joe Wilkinson is basically a precursor to Mike Wozniak in that they both wore suits to the taping and the show and, and in the and in all the tasks they both act like this and then more to the point people are like saying like I've worked with them outside of this I have no idea how much of this is an act and how much of this is their personality and so it's very interesting that like you know we've got a precursor all the way back in season two to uh, Wozniak um, sorry, Joe, but I will always prefer Mike Wozniak to you. I'm not. I'm not saying uh, Joe Wilkinson either, that is. Oh, I was going to say I'm not saying it's. I have a preference. I'm just saying that it is a very interesting mm. parallel. 
No, but and then, um, I, wa- I want Mike Wozniak to be protected at all costs. From himself, if nothing else. The man is going, to, you know, it's like first a hemorrhoid, what's next, a hernia? Yeah. And also the way he but, insults uh, uh, the vol or undermines the vol. But we we will cross that bridge when we get to it, even though it's very recent. Uh, maybe this time in, say, two, three years, we will be on Series 11. We could go a lot faster than that if you wanted to. I but, can't. Um, we, we have to take breaks and shit, or else we'll exhaust ourselves. That's true. But um, anyways, on to Doc Brown, who um, he brought in a pair of uh, Converse's, which Converse is a brand of sneaker. Everyone knows Converse. I, I, just in case someone doesn't know, I don't like Converse's that much. They've never been my kind of shoe. But um, these are interesting because they are red. They are bright red, first of all. And they are also... They've been waterproofed in some way. I think they've been rubberized or coated in rubber. But according to uh, Doc, they are basically like wellies with laces, which, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, wellingtons are a kind of deep, like ankle-deep rubber waiter. Yeah, Catherine wears them when she's doing uh, more physical tasks. (coughs) Not not Doc's waterproof converse um, wellies. So, like, she, yeah. she wore them in the potato-throwing task, for example. Yeah. And, also, uh, wellies are cool. I... I want I, a pair of bright yellow ones and, like, a matching yellow raincoat. And then I'd get a red balloon and chase a paper boat you, down a drain for some... Do you just want to be Madeline from the children's book series? No, I'm talking about Georgie from It. Oh, I thought you were talking about the the chil- the French children. Is that what it's called? Is that what I'm thinking of? Well, I don't remember it as a book series. I remember it more as a TV show from when I was very young. But yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. Aha, yes. Yes, they wear yellow school uniforms. I'm sorry. It's a 1939 book written and illustrated by Ludwig Be- Bemelmans. He's some must must be European. He's Austrian, but ah, it's it was published in America, set in a boarding school in Paris. Okay. I I am I remember this shit. But we were not we were I not re- describing Mad- Madeline or Madeleine, yes. however you choose to pronounce it. I remember you it being just, pronounced Madeline personally. I don't um, remember. But I was thinking more along the lines of Georgie from It with the balloon and the... I mean, Georgie doesn't have the balloon in the scene, but he runs after the boat into the drain and then meets Pennywise. I don't like horror movies, so I'm going to take your word for it. Mm. The only... I mean, it, it's, read, a, it's not like a... I mean, I think my definition of a horror movie is something more like Whiplash now. Because it, like, really messed with my head, Whiplash. With J.K. Simmons? Yes! That's not a horror movie. Well, it's a psycho. It's more psychological. It like it's horror. It's more horrifying because of how real it is. Yeah, but horror movies have blood and death and men with axes and and things like that. (laughs) Whiplash is just a psychological thriller. Yeah, but it feels very feels very horror to me, and I classify it as. I get. No, actually, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna agree with you on this one. That is not a horror movie in the slightest. It is firmly within the thriller category, if it is anything at all. Okay, I we need to stop. We need to stop going down tangents. Way. 
Uh, let's just say I want That's a pair. Of, I want a pair of yellow. Is. Yes, but it's also fucking hell. It's also Taskmaster related. Theoretically, anyways, yes. I would like um, a pair of yellow. A pair wellies. of yellow wellies and a matching yellow cool. raincoat. Cool. Um, and so we are gonna. And now here's the results that Greg gave. Um, Greg gave five points to um Doc Brown to Doc, which as someone who does like shoes, I do kind of agree with this result, but also I don't They were very the, underwhelming. The coloring, the coloring is not great and they got Converse and also the waterproof nah, no, no, no. I don't I don't like that. Um sorry I'm being really fidgety today. Yeah, I can you're fine. Um next up is Catherine. Uh her Rainbow Unicorn versus Robot. I wouldn't have given these first, Scott. personally. I I did give them first place. Okay, we'll go but, um, to Taskmaster, we'll do Taskmaster Joe when we find that out. In a sec, in a second, and then um, then John actually was going to get first place because Greg. I think Greg correctly realizes this was going to be, um, this is like the the thing that actually trendy people wear. But then John looked at Greg funny, and Greg knocked him down to a third place. That's weird. That's a rather mean, I think. But oh well, we move. <laughs> this is Greg Davies, and then um, Joe Wilkinson's tie got second, which he was very pleased about. Uh, no, got it two points. It got second to second to last. These po- these points were awarded in a weird order. Yeah, they went from like fifth to first to third to fourth. He does it based off instinct. Yes, and uh, Richard Osman's Joe T-shirt got- gets one point. Yes. And now for Taskmaster Joe, let's wait for the theme song to play. That's still going to get annoying really fast. Um, I gave Catherine first place, as we all should. Yep. Then I really liked um, Richard's shirt because that's like, that's really funny. That's a really funny, funny look. And that's something that I think some people would wear unironically. Then I actually. I gave this a joint second place with um with John Richardson because as I said, this is something that trendy people would wear, like just as a daily clothing item. So it's not flashy, but that is that is the actual definition of trendy. Then I I liked Joe's tie. It's just that there's better things ahead of it. So that's third. And then I'm gonna give Doc um fourth place because there's None of these are bad. This was not a bad prize task. No, it wasn't. Sorry. And then, um, what were you going to bring? Because I am going to send you a picture of what I would bring. You just have to... I don't really have any what I call trendy items of clothing. I guess what I would bring is... Because uh, I have a pair of um, custom-made Adidas superstars um, with metal... Uh, toe caps um, and my name engraved on the side, so that's cool. That's incredibly trendy. Now, I mean, it's on, let me- trendy, but also very, very easy to come by. It, I mean, it's not really expensive. I mean, like for custom for custom made shoes from Adidas, it really wasn't that expensive. Hold on, it was about eighty. I, have- I think it was about eighty eighty quid or something. Really? Okay, cool. I just sent you... Oh, did it not go? The fucking... Um, I don't have Discord open. Bear with us, folks. No, no, I'm sending it to you through Instagram because everything is terrible and I hate... Oh, and hold on, I've got it's a, it's a It's a large image file. I'm going to mute for a second. One sneeze later. Sorry, I had to sneeze. 
Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm comfortable with hearing people. Oh, it's coming back. One more sneeze later. I mean, I'm comfortable with hearing people with people hearing me burp, but not sneeze. It's also much louder through the thing. This is going to get cut out. It better get cut out. Um, did but, you hear um, me sneeze? No. Okay, good. Here, I, I, s- the- I sent I sent you this. Pick any piece of clothing in this in this look. Uh, who's wearing this? Me. That's you. Yes. Oh, I did. I've never seen you before. No, you haven't. This is this is the grand old face roll. Pick any piece of clothing from that from that eyesore of an outfit. Okay, and um, that's give me a second to just because I I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'd never seen Joe until I'd seen this picture, but now I've seen Joe. I mean, <laughs> Joe's probably vaguely aware of what I look like because yes. if you if we mentioned like our socials and stuff in like the Q and A episode. And I mentioned my Instagram. There is a picture of me on my Instagram, so you can see what I look like. I mean, I mean, I knew you had brown hair. I mean, this is, aside from the brown hair, I didn't really know what to expect. But I'd say, I'd say that is a pretty trendy outfit. Maybe not the shorts, but the jacket, the shirt, and the the shoes. I'd say, I'd say you could turn that whole outfit. I'd say you could turn that whole outfit in, and it would win. Yeah, but I the problem is that I wouldn't because I really like these clothes. So to to walk you through it, the uh the jacket is from the nineteen ninety from the nineteen ninety two Albertville Winter Olympics at sponsored by Coca Cola is this particular jacket. The back is even worse than the front. I know what's it's because it's got through John's got, jacket. We will make this the episode thumbnail if you're comfortable with that. I mean, I I almost want to make the jacketed because this is a this mm. is I don't want to show my face to a lot of people yet. Uh, yeah, all right. You can just like you, you just like take a picture of the jacket on like a yeah, in like a on. plain gonna, background and send it. Hold on, we'll find a picture of it and we'll use. Oh it. yeah, oh yeah. No, hold on. I'm showing. I'm sending you this right now because this is what the back of that coat. I don't know like. why you're sending me this on Instagram and not Discord, but oh well. Because Discord does not take images over a certain size. How big was this one? And this is uh, this was cut down because I because my camera takes them with it takes them at twelve megabytes and Discord's maximum size is eight. So this one I had to edit down significantly. Okay. I sent you the picture of the jacket on a Discord. That- this is That's great, a sick this jacket. T- where, where is that? What Olympics? It's called the Olympics. 1992 Winter Olympics, Albertville, France. Ooh. France? France. France. Yeah, this is... Francais. I've discovered that 1990s Olympic branded clothing are some of the wildest pa- this patterns you can find. That's a sick jacket. I'll give you that. Maybe we'll make that the thumbnail. Yeah, but yeah, that's we'll just, that's what I would bring. We'll probably that's what disclose I, it, and I mean, like, if if you want it, you'll have to contact Joe to get something like it. If you if you want it, it they're on eBay. They're not entirely difficult to mm. come by. It's not really something I'd wear because I don't look good in a color that's not like midnight blue or something. I look good in whatever the fuck I want to wear. I mean, I, obviously, I'm okay with people wearing whatever they want, but I personally have come to the reason that I do not look good in a color that's not blue or black. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that is that is what I would have brought because 
Basically, the I, color blue has been associated with me since the day I was born, and I cannot shake it off. Yeah, I've started wearing Hawaiian shirts over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's what you'd wear to the scene of like a Taskmaster task or something. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh yeah, I wear those just in regular everyday mm. life. I mean, we know. I was thinking because we know Victoria Corin Mitchell's going to be in the next series twelve. Yeah. Uh, obviously, pe- people wanted David Mitchell on for a while, but I'm happy waiting a little while to see him. Um, I hope he comes out in like some Dickensian gentleman outfit with a top hat and a cane or something. So he looks. He looks like how Frank Skinner used to dress every day. Mm, I think there's a picture of. Um, this is great content. Um, well, don't worry. We will get all these. We should use all these pictures uh, in the uh, Insta in the, like the video version. If you're not, oh, I do. If you're not comfortable do, do, showing your face, uh, Joe, you I'll can, blur it out. Yeah, can, I'll blur it out. Yeah. I'm just gonna say this. This is my shit. Like this is. I always am like glaring at myself when I'm doing because I know I have to put it into the video, and hunting down images and inserting them and making sure they line up exactly with the vocal cues is such a pain in the ass, and I do it to myself. Like, have you watched any of our uh, video podcasts, Emerson? Uh, a couple. I'm, I've been like, I've like scrolled through them to just like see various points. Yeah, I, I do. I, I make sure that the video like it lines up exactly. I googled um, uh, David Mitchell um, top hat, hoping to get a picture because he's been in like I think he's been in a couple of like Dickensian comedy dramas, uh, and I got a picture of him and Victoria um, in Halloween. Uh, going to like uh, it, it, the images is, is called Jonathan Ross's Halloween party, and David Mitchell is dressed like a weird Joker knockoff. And the, oh, do put that in the Discord. I, I will. Um, I'll I'll let the image speak for itself. If you're watching the video version of this podcast, you can see the image probably about now. Um, I'm sorry, future. Oh my god, <laughs> that is. Oh, you know what? Screw Holy shit! You know what? That, that is David that Mitchell. Is if co- David Mitchell ever does Taskmaster, he should turn up wearing that. That is it. The holy crap! That's it's that the is, most un-David Mitchell thing ever. That is just because he hasn't. It looks like some like like someone just handed this to him as he left his house. <laughs> Because he hasn't shaved, he hasn't made any effort to be involved in this in this outfit. This outfit has just occurred to him, and then I, Victoria's behind him in like she's trying. She's, she's all her costumes she's are trying. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't say, it's, but it's the costumes are both fine. I mean, it's some. It is the most undavid Mitchell thing I've ever seen in my life. I yes, actually, this is ridiculous. This is. Like, like we're just going to derail this whole podcast for a second, and just we haven't talk even got talking to the, about the first task, and we are fifty minutes in. This is on track for us. I mean, I, I actually, I was watching the episode last night, and I, and I was at one point, I looked up. I it taken me an hour to get fifteen minutes into the episode. Oh yeah, because you make extensive notes like a bitch. Yes, I do. I do make extensive notes, which is the only reason that we actually know what goes on in this show. Mr. Mr. Yeah, that, and also I wasn't sure what to say, so I may need a hand. Also, from from our note, from our Discord chat. 
Discord is... I mean, like... Also, I should say, the only reason David Mitchell has a beard is so he looks uh, 40... At least 40 years old and not four years old like he did before. Mm-hmm. Like, that is why I have his, a beard, too. In his peep show days, David Mitchell looked I, oh, too yeah. young. He, ba- he, he looked too... So he basically grew the beard to match his age. Yeah, he, he looks weird and misshapen without the beard. Yeah. But, um... I haven't. My chin hasn't seen the light of day in probably ten years, if not more. I mean, but that is that is just an unsettling image. Maybe that could be a Patreon tier. Uh, one ten dollars a month uh, for ten dollars a month, and Joe will shave a little bit of his beard off every. No. Month. No. I'm just gonna put my foot down right there. No. Maybe you could go with the mustache. No. No, 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 no. Grow, I grow like a, the way grow I look. a Mike Wozniak mustache. No. No, I, I draw the line at body mod. I draw, even temporary, no. Well, I mean, I got my ears pissed, so... Yeah, yes, and also, you sent that to me, but you sent me that in, like, the most ominous way possible. It's like, Joe, I've got some news for you, and it's like, what? What news? Have you died? Has something happened? Are we not doing the podcast anymore? And then it's like, I got my ears pissed. It's like, oh... Oh, okay. You were very this is... underwhelmed, and it was quite. It was a bit because I thought it was going to be like, "Hey, I died," or something <laughs> like that, or like, or like, "Hey, we're not doing the podcast anymore." It's like, what does that mean? I mean, just to let you know, we have no plans to cancel the podcast at the moment. I know, but you you waited like five or ten minutes between sending the "I've got news" and the picture of your ears. Well, sometimes I just can't be fucked to send a message. <laughs> I know, but it it leaves time for it to be open to interpretation. Okay, I'm, I think I'm very much like David Mitchell on that. It's like, what does this mean? I have no context for it. Oh God, D- David Mitchell, would I like to use the best thing ever? Mm-hmm. Um, David Mitchell, Lee Mack. I mean, they're both amazing people. Um, Lee Mack is so quick on his feet. Oh yeah. Um, we'll we'll talk more about Lee Mack in many series time. But for now, at the same time, we're talking about we'll be talking about Mike Wozniak. Yeah, but obviously, I say Mike Wozniak is the most precious human being in the world. But we will go more into that at a much later date. Also, have yes. you seen Mike Wozniak without facial hair? Because it is cursed. I I might have to look that up. I've been really trying mm. to keep every as much of my interaction with the later seasons down to a minimum mm. because I want to watch it for the first time when There's I There's a picture actually... of Mike Wozniak where he's got like a bit of like a stubbly beard which is okay but a picture of him just with no facial hair whatsoever is so uncomfortable to look at it's like seeing someone who wears glasses all the time who you've never seen them take them off take them off and it's so weird Yeah it's a, uh, it's an, so, it, I'll have to look that up. For example, but, like uh, Richard Osman, I've never, ever seen Richard Osman without his glasses. And there's a part of me that's really scared that he'll take them off at one point and I will not be ready for it. Richard Osman has probably never seen Richard Osman without glasses on either, if you think about it. Because he's, because I wore glasses for a long time and I don't know what my face looks like. I didn't know what my face looked like. I mean, like you're wearing me. sunglasses in this picture. So no, no, I'm, you send me. I'm startlingly nearsighted. I, I, I can see like maybe three inches in front of my face without glasses and I have uh, contacts now. Okay. But, um, but yeah. I always I, imagined you as someone who wore glasses. Yeah, I, it, 
yeah, I'm. I can see maybe like for those of you who wear corrective lenses. Um, my prescription is negative eight and negative eight fifty in my eyes, which is like you blind as fuck. <laughs> I can't see anything. I didn't know what the inside of my shower looked like for ten years. <laughs> I'm sorry. I no. Do you wear glasses? I, I don't wear glasses. Lucky fucking. I mean, I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't mind it. I guess. I mean. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. Well, maybe it's, if I were like, because I think uh, the thing is, I, I would. I would like wear fake glasses for the sake of it, but it wouldn't like change my eyes too much to the point where it'd be like. No, no, no. It you you would. It's after a while you get really fucking sick of it because. You know, you have to take them off and you can't mm. see or shit gets on them and you can't see. I'm still annoyed at my sunglasses, but it's like for doing this. But like, actually, like I still have forces of habit where like I'm driving sometimes and I will take my sunglasses off to clean them because some shit has gotten on them. And I will be really afraid for my own life for about half a second because I I was used because I had glasses for 10 years. And it's like I was used to just not being able to see anything. But like, you don't wear yeah, glasses yeah. now. No, I wear contacts. I'm waiting until my eyes have like stopped changing fully, so I okay. get six. There was something I want. There's something I'll say to you, but I'll say it after the podcast in private because I feel like okay, it's funny, but at the same time, I just don't want to say too much now. Okay, uh, that's that's a nice ominous thing again. Oh, but uh, ooh. okay, um, ooh, let's let's see how far no, we're in. Uh, we are f- uh, we, we are com- We are now 57 minutes in. And we're going to talk about task one. Finally. <laughs> yes. All right. No, no more tangents. No more tangents. That That's going to last all 30 seconds. <laughs> it's like SpongeBob in that one episode where he tries to get ribs and he's like struggling to do a press up and then he, his arms just break and he completes one. He just says one mm-hmm. and moves on. Is this going to be our first three hour episode? I hope not. Because our, our, our longest episode was only just over two hours. I know. If it's over three hours, there's going to be at some point a, a just a card on screen of the YouTube video that says, then the narr- the editor got so fed up with this that he's not going to edit the rest of this video. Okay. And Well, I think to say, I think we're going to breeze through task one quite quickly, I think. Yes. There, for, this is, for, for the audience ahead, this is a four-task show yeah. because there was an in-studio only task. But fortunately, a couple of these tasks are very quick, like task okay, one. Okay, task one. Uh, can I, should I take task one? Because you did the Yes, pressure. we do. Yes. Okay, so the first, the task one is um, uh, eat an egg. Uh, fastest wins. Um, obviously, you can do anything which, you want. You can uh, drink the I, egg raw I should or point you can out, cook it or whatever. Which I should point out, the it was eat me fastest wins written on the egg and the egg cup. There was no task envelope present at all, which I think is actually the first time they have had an alternative task where the task is not and it was, on a piece it of was paper. worded very Alice in Wonderland-y with the whole eat me and stuff. Yes. Or drink. Eat me drink was written me, on the egg. It said eat me. Yeah. Eat me was written on the egg and then fastest wins was on the egg cup. Okay. I didn't, I didn't note that down. Um, I just wanted to say, um, so we start off with John and Doc, and while John is talking, he he cracked the whole egg into the egg cup, and the egg cup was not big enough to hold all his egg, and some of his uh, egg yolk 
uh, over, not egg yolk, uh, egg white, raw egg white overflowed, like it just slurped out it like a wave. Out onto the and table. the impact this had was monumentally, was monumental basically. Like, just everyone just went like at the sight of it. Everyone was revolted by this task when it was presented to them. Because I was more—I found it more hilarious than revolting. To no, no, I—I we can talk about our reactions, but all of the people on the show were utterly revolted by this. Doc is disgusted. Catherine thinks it's gross. Rich. John. John thought it was a hard-boiled egg, and so just went to crack it on the table, and seemed really shocked and disgusted oh when I mean, when it actually wasn't. I love misleading moments like that. I think there's there's a couple of in series nine. There's a couple of really misleading moments which we'll get, which we'll get to. But my god, it's, it's so funny sometimes. But anyway, um, what John does with Alex has to warn people not to eat raw egg. Yeah. So um, at home, he. Sorry, keep going. Oh, no, no, that was, that was like Alex says in thing. You might want to just put this clip in here, but he's like, I'm required to warn people at home not to do, not to do this at home. Well, that's not going to work, is it? Am I going to eat it raw, you think? You don't have to. There's a kitchen ready if you need it. How much do I want to win this task? Will I be sick? Has anyone eaten it raw? All good questions. <laughs> I mean, we, we might reach three hours with all the um, uh, sound bites we're going to put in because when we get to the nursery rhyme <laughs> task, uh, I feel contractually oh, no. obligated to include sound bites of all their performances. Oh, God, yes, we are going to have to do that. Uh, but, oh, well, I mean, it, it won't be too difficult. But, yeah, so John and Doc are lumped together because they had very similar approaches. Uh, they both cooked their eggs, John in the microwave, uh, Doc in a frying pan. Uh, Doc gets, I think, some black pepper and tries to season his egg. And he says okay. that uh, I might not be the fastest, but I was the only one who seasoned his egg. Uh, immediately, uh, he is proved wrong by John Richardson, who used peri-peri salt. Sorry, I've just got to mute again. One third and final sneeze later. Yeah, also, I would just like to point out that um, Doc is not an egg man and he is not a man of he's a man of not many things as we'll find out throughout this okay episode. i'm back i had um, to sneeze again sorry but he, he tries to egg, open to he tries to open the egg with his mouth that must that, that would which, like probably make your gums bleed or something because the eggshell is quite sharp i we're going to talk about sharp eggshells when when we're done with this because i I, my mom said the same thing to me because I was like, "Hey, Ma, come look at this." When I, when we, uh, when I, when I, with the picture of the egg that just said "eat me" on it, and so she started watching from from like halfway through this task, and she was like, "Oh yeah, you would if you ate that, you would just hurt your gums." Also, which I, is something I, that I would not on, have considered. I think both of them. I think both both of them. The doc definitely did this, but he just came running back into the lab with like a wooden yes. spoon. And the frying pan he'd cooked his egg in, just like spooning it into his mouth. And both John and Doc were hopping around because the egg was so hot. Yes, they shoveled it into their mouths. I, and it's like neither of them seemed to be aware that hot eggs were hot. And I actually, this this morning while I was having breakfast, I was having eggs, and it was like this is very hot. And I was like, ah, ah, I see where they're coming from now because I was eating it on my way out the door. And it's like, ah, ah, but um, but. Can I just point out that um, Doc is not an egg man because of a certain? Do you do you want to talk about this or would you like me to? Because this is the most hilarious I like, mean, reason I, I don't can't like. Something. Really remember it off the top of my head. You can talk about it. Ah, 
So Doc says that they creep him out because when he was six, he had was explained by his sister what a period was. And then his sister said that eggs were basically a chicken's period. This is why he does not like eggs. That is the worst explanation of what an egg is in my life, I have heard. And also, it's probably a very bad explanation of what a period is, although that, that did not go into, he did not go into any detail on that. Thank goodness. Further, yes. Furthermore, immediately after this, Catherine Ryan says real gangsters run red lights after they start talking about periods, which is great. And then John Richardson, has like this formative spark of a joke in his head, which is that I'm tempted to say that a real gentleman waits till it goes green, but that's not right. That's not the right answer for this joke. Nope. Make, which, <laughs> it's just a hilarious, hilarious back and forth. There are some great back and forths here. Oh, there really are. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, so, I'm like, I'm really tired. It's nearly half 11 in the evening where I am. But oh well, oh, yeah. we must keep. We must press on. Uh, Joe Wilkinson, uh, he knows he's not going to finish, so he actually spends the time to um, make a nice um, uh, lunch with his egg, uh, with some like. He has a big tray. Did you write down what he had on it? I'm, I'm, I'll try and say it from memory. He had uh, some salami, some bread, some sausage roll, little sausage roll bites, uh, a can of Dr Pepper, and something else that looks. It was. What was it? Was a can of? I actually wrote down everything. He had a Dr Pepper and a can of Sprite. Okay. He also had milk, <laughs> two separate bottles of ketchup, what appeared to be a bottle of hot sauce poking out from behind one of the ketchups, a um, and what seemed to be some kind of chocolate bar, as like an after dinner thing, yeah. and then he made a crescent of salami slices on one side, and then. I guess they were mini sausage rolls on the other side. Yeah, mini sausage rolls. Very British thing, sausage rolls. Yeah. And then um, and then he added ketchup to the top and drank mm. the Dr. Pepper. I think we should mention the times so far. Um, yes. John uh, achieved egg, as Alex called it, in 5 minutes 12. Doc did it in 3.35. No, no. Doc did it in 35 seconds and 3 minutes. Yeah, that's right. If you'll remember, Alex... Alex decided to switch them around because he could, and that, Alex Horn, that actually Alex almost being made Catherine little, Ryan like Alex Horn being the little bitch he is with his time timekeeping yeah. management. Duty. And that almost made Catherine lose her shit because she was like thirty five seconds. It's like oh wait, wait no, and three minutes. But um, but yeah, that's really fast. Considering you have to heat up the pan and everything, I'm impressed that he did it that. Quickly. And Joe Wilkinson achieved uh, egg in forty six seconds and ten minutes. Yes. Um, then it's Catherine Ryan. Uh, Catherine Ryan started by saying, what, the, the, some, one of those <clears throat> disgusting boys would have eaten uh, the egg raw by now, uh, which had not happened at all. Um, I mean, someone did it uh, later, but... Don't ruin it. But I mean, it, but, if, yes. if you're watching this, you'll most likely know what happened. Yes, um, but... Um, she takes a small sip. Uh, she cracks the egg into the egg cup and takes a small sip of the And then decides white. to just not do it, basically. Which I would like to point out that as she sips it, there is an audible gasp from what sounds like Alex. And I don't know whether that is from the t- from the task or whether or not that is someone gasping in the studio, because they also have the studio audience laughing at that moment. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, I don't really know what to say, but basically, uh, Greg calls Catherine out for basically wrongly acute being uh, sexist to the boys, saying that they they would just like wolfed it down, and in fact, uh, they'd all they all of them had nicely seasoned and prepped it. Yes, um, and uh, and she does take the DQ because she could not eat a raw egg. I mean, but one person who does eat the raw egg, um, Richard fucking Osman. Yeah, the 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 not comedian Richard Osman. Uh, he he just cracks the egg into the egg cup and downs it raw. Um, yep. And then he picks up his mug of tea and leaves as if nothing happened. Yes, and then um. One final comment from this was um, they were discussing John Richardson. As they did the stories, they were discussing um, how John Richardson had had most of his eggs slop out of the egg cup when he was doing it. And he said that he was not going to hoover it up off the table. Like egg some hungry egg whore. whore. That's, that was probably my favorite line of the episode. And that, that I wish that... Oh, fuck. I was toddling with some... <laughs> I was toddling with some pen and it just fell out of my hand. Oh, God. I'm so fidgety. Um, but anyway, uh, that if I wish that had been the title of the episode, and not, yeah. but I guess they couldn't really have put it in the title for like uh, broadcasting purposes. They could have, May, maybe, but maybe they would have had to censor it. But uh, Richard's time is not given, but it really doesn't need to be because he obviously yeah. won. Yeah. Um, now, I would like to ask you, what would you have done for this task? Um. Oh God, I I I don't know. I think I think I would have done what um, John did and slapped it in a microwave because it cooks the egg really, really quickly. And yet, it still took him longer to do it than Doc did. But yeah, but you know I mean, what? Know, you know what? I, been, I probably would. It wouldn't have been the fastest. I know that, but at least it yeah. would have been uh, one of the safest. I guess. You know what I would have done? Would you have to- and you're going to you're going to think less of me for this is that I saw when I was looking at the video an egg with eat me on it. Mm-hmm. There is no force that would have just stopped me from picking up the egg and eating it shell and all at once. Oh, did you because maybe that- you should have eaten the shell as well. Also, eat me was written on the shell. Eat Me was written on the egg. It is just an egg in an egg cup. Like, like this is, I'm going to make a reference to season five when they had the task where it was like, stick one thing on a pole, throw one thing into the, that was a fun into the task. bin. Ashling B was reading the task and was like, like you have to eat one, you have to throw one of these things, balance one of these things in and eat one of these. And at mid sentence, without even looking up from the task, he just picks up like a twiglet, whatever the hell that is, and just eats it. Mid sent. That's what I would have done. I think that's it, what it does cool. not matter that it's a raw egg with a shell. It never would have occurred to me that it would have cut me. I would not have given a single fucking thought to whether or not I'd get sick from it. It. You eat the egg. Fastest wins. Clearly, the fastest way is to immediately put the entire thing in your mouth. No cracking it. No drinking it. No preparing it. Done. I mean, be done. Be done in be done in four seconds. Well, I'm not visiting you in the hospital. Let's put it like that. I, you know, actually, this if we do want to go on to a tangent about eggs. Oh, boy. how how do eggs work in the United Kingdom? Because at, because for those of you who who might know this, but there are a lot of people who don't. In the United Kingdom, you guys don't refrigerate your eggs, right? Well, my family does. 
And I do. Because because there is a difference between in, – in the United States, we universally refrigerate our eggs because we are, as collectively as a nation, scared shitless of salmonella. So all eggs in the U.S. are thoroughly washed, which takes off the protective outer coating that comes naturally from the chicken. And that means that they will spoil if left out like a lot of European eggs are. And so and so they've basically been washed to an inch of their life, so we refrigerate them. I don't know whether or not eating a European whether I would have thought about this because I kind of know that and and also I don't know whether or not that would make you more or less sick eating a European egg that's probably not been washed to within an inch of its life like an American well um most British eggs are free range so which is like the healthiest an egg can be okay um I I, I, I don't know what else but I, I just if you are a food safety expert please reach out to us and tell me how badly I'd be sick at ytsnpod at gmail.com or in the comments below I think what I would have done actually can I change my answer yeah, uh, I would have probably done something along the lines of Joe. I would have, but I would have made like a full English breakfast. Okay, because I mean, I don't. This is yeah. You would have definitely come last then. But Catherine Ryan wouldn't have eaten it. Yeah, but you wouldn't have known that at the time. You would have been like, "I'm just going to come last." And yeah, then- well, Joe Joe Wilkinson didn't mind coming last. And, yeah. Well, he didn't come well, last, but he wasn't he he wasn't afraid of coming in last place if it did happen. Yeah. And to be fair, this is one task I wouldn't mind losing because you can't win everything. The American in me wants to say, no, you can only win everything or you're a failure. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I, it never would have even occurred to me to do like preparation. Like it wouldn't have occurred to me to do anything other than consume this egg as quickly as possible. You're impulsive. Which, which would have been pick up egg, eat it, done, on to the next thing. And so, uh, so moving away yes. from speaking eggs. on to going on to the next thing, um, but quickly bypassing the scores. Uh, Richard five, Doc four, John three, Joe two, Catherine zero, uh, which means the current scores are Doc's way ahead on nine, John and Richard are in joint third on six, and Joe and Catherine are on four points. Yep. And now this is this is actually um, for scoring this time. My mom actually was sitting next to me watching this, so I'm going to talk about what she thinks of this as well. But insert Taskmaster um, Joe Jingle here. Yep. But um, wait, hold on. So the Taskmaster Joe. Okay, now go. Okay. So the task two is make the best music video for a nursery rhyme. Your time. You have one hour. Your time starts now. And we're immediately treated to these comedians doing nursery rhymes. Sharing their experience of like, hey, diddle, diddle. Well, Richard didn't really know any nursery rhymes other than like, hey, diddle, diddle. Or he barely, and he barely knew that one. And then, um, and then we've also got Catherine's, Catherine's nursery rhyme about a peanut on the train tracks, which I've never heard of outside of this show, well, which presumably was, means it's some Canadian region. I did want to have to, I did want to ask you about that because I was wondering if you'd known. Uh, no, as, as in being quite close to Canada, I thought maybe you and you would know Catherine's uh, 
No, I've never heard butter. that. Because as Catherine said about Danes and Swedes in the previous episode, it's the same, I think. Okay. First of all, that is roundly incorrect. Uh, Canadians are diet Americans at best. Um, second of all, uh, no, although mom did mention that she had heard of it when she was younger. So I don't exactly know whether or not this is some old Canadian nursery rhyme or some old North American acid nursery rhyme. see if I can rhyme. Google it. You, know, yeah, um, you do that while I, uh, while I go through this, because we we don't get to see them making the nursery rhyme, which instead we just see um, the actual nursery um, rhyme music. There's videos. a cover of the... There's a, there's, the peanut, there's a video called The Peanut Sat on a Railroad Track by David Lando uh, from 2011... Um, okay. I've I've never heard this song before. Well, the, this thing's actually got like seven or eight verses. Yeah, I'll, that is something that my mom and I discovered is that a lot of nursery rhymes have a lot of verses because we're going to get to that when we talk about um Osmond's nursery rhyme video. But um, but we're going to start with uh, John Richardson and John Richardson did the song Three Blind Mice. And I don't remember the entirety of Three Blind Mice, but it doesn't matter because this is not a vocal version of Three Blind Mice. It goes it's purely instrumental. The song goes Three Dumb. Blind Mice, Three Blind Mice, see how they run, see how they run. They all run after the farm. They all run after the farmer's wife who cut off the tails of the carving knife. Have you ever seen such a thing in your life as Three Blind Mice? Obviously not in that pentameter or tempo, yes. I think. But, um, but John Richardson did Three Blind Mice on a tiny piano. Well, and also, can I can we, we talk also, about this camera shot at the beginning? Because it's like of a looking down on him he just like turns that. His head up really creepily to just look at the camera. This entire video is creepy because um, it's a slow pan over a table, and the more you look at it, the more of a story it tells. Because first, there's a block of cheese that's been eaten. Then there's little like prop, uh, you know little prop and... like glasses and canes to indicate that these are blind mice. And then, then you've bloody got the tails. a bloody tails and a bloody knife. And then you cut over to John Richardson, who, who's dressed as the farmer's wife. He's dressed as the farmer's wife. He has a tail sticking out of his mouth. His mouth is covered in blood, and he looks like the cat that ate the canary. And this is like the creepiest fucking thing. And it's hilarious. It, it is a very great. creepy nursery rhyme. If you think about it, it most lo- nursery rhymes are really, really creepy. Most, most nursery rhymes are terrible and about people dying. Like, Humpty Dumpty like, sat on hum- the wall, Humpty- had a great fall, and he's... He falls off a wall. Humpty Dumpty shattered his skull and died. Uh, ring around the roses. Ring around the ring around the rosy is about the plague. Um, uh, Rockabye baby is like uh, baby's dying. You know, is falling. baby falling off a tree? Jack and Jill went up the hill. Jack fell down and broke his crown. That and he then, literally says he suffered a major head injury. Jack fell down and broke his crown. Jill came tumbling after, and then Adam Sandler inflicted a terrible movie on all of us. Named that. Maybe we should watch it for the Patreon. If they pay me, and then I'll p- make them pay for it. But uh, but actually, this is my mom's favorite of all of these. This is like, this is her absolute this favorite. Three blind mice. She one. said she could. 
She said that she could watch this over and over. I love this. Nursery it rhymes, was nursery shit, rhymes but I love are it. supposed to be creepy, according to her. And I don't quite agree with that, but I don't have kids. I don't do nursery rhymes. So, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here. But she she loved this one. This is her favorite. Um <laughs> on to uh, Catherine, Catherine who writes um, and her own nursery who, rhyme. Yes, she did. She wrote her own nursery rhyme about James the Dirty Tooth. We will have to play involves, a soundbite of this one because it... We're going yeah, to have to play the, the entire damn of all thing. Of them. Um, yeah, or we can just put in the entire damn thing, maybe. But, um, no, I think we'll put them sporadically is, so people know. Like, yes, but she wrote this herself... It features the music video features paper craft, I think, like paper craft animation, yeah. where it's like characters on like tongue depressors dancing around in front of a uh, static background. Mm-hmm. It's a very good animation style for like the limited time she had, and then uh, she, uh, and then she, she talks about like a decayed tooth that nobody likes because he smells, and then, and she goes then like this there's rap- a rap interlude yeah. for some reason, and then. And then it ends with go to the dentist. Yeah, but like whispered, is, like go to the dentist. Yeah. He's orange and looking rotten. His toothbrush long forgotten. That's James, James the dirty tooth. Brush, brush. Candy crisps and sweets gave him brittle roots for feet. That's James, James the dirty tooth. Brush, brush. I love James, I love James in spite of tooth decay. Gingivite is plaque bad breath, we're best friends anyway. But bunnies don't like him, this hat doesn't like him, kittens and foxes and puppies don't like him, his parents don't like him, I love but don't like him. Yeah, nobody likes him because James, oral hygiene, stinks. James, <laughs> a dirty tooth. Go to the dentist. <laughs> Oh, that's oh it's actually great. it's actually got lyrics on genius. Um, oh my god! But um, yes, I could, it's, it's very. I don't know if I can sing this because it's probably copyrighted by Taskmaster. I we should see who it's copyrighted by, but um, but yeah, this is a. Uh, oh, actually, we should make sure we don't have any copyrighted a, music in this so that YouTube doesn't flag it. Uh, but genius has this Taskmaster album, and Alex Horn is credited as the creator. Uh, there's a. I'll I'll just list the songs because there's not many. Um, Taskmaster Love Rap by Asim Chowdhury. Um, Mike's tune from uh, Series Eleven. I'm always seeing you do brackets. Cool stuff. Oh, from the Diverse Stripes. Yeah, that uh, was great. quite good considering. Uh, by Bob Mortimer. Uh, feet Ashling B, and Sally Phillips. Oh my god, um, The Taskmaster songs. Baby Theme by Ed Campbell, James the Dirty Tooth by Catherine Ryan, Taskmaster Country Rap by Rose Matafeo, 12345 by Doc Brown, 
Over My Shoulder by James A. Caster, and the legendary Tree Wizard by Ramesh Ranganathan. Oh, my God. <laughs> tree Wizard uh, has its own tree, genius if, page. If Tree Wizard oh didn't... There's throw, a picture of Ramesh on the Tree Wizard genius page. Oh my god. If Tree Wizard didn't throw us an issue when we put that into last season, I don't think these will throw us any issues. But um still one of my favorite moments, Tree Wizard. I still hate that one. But um anyways, uh we move on to Richard Osman, and this one was Weird by as far shit. the most No, no, this was the funniest because first of all, I was, it was like this I on, thought it was it was pretty shit well, this one. No, no, we we have to talk about this in order because I was watching this on our smart TV downstairs. Our smart TV does not have ad blocker on it, which means that I that I'm watching these with a shitload of YouTube ads that I fucking hate. And then fucking Osman actually goes and makes a fake YouTube advert for a company that does not exist called Johnson's Wheelbarrows before this. And he and then which is really funny by itself because he has him and Alex are like really just hamming it up in this. And then it has the fake buffering wheel in it, like before, which is exactly what YouTube always does. And then it goes into the actual video, which is um, she'll be, which we need to. Uh, it's uh, she'll be coming around the mountain, is what the song I is, heard and this it's done in ages. Which it is. An homage to uh, "Bittersweet Symphony" by the Verve. I couldn't I think tell it's by the Verve. The, V E R V E. Yeah, I think that. Who are they? Uh, I think there's some British bands. Yeah, British Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve, uh, from the album Urban Hymns. Appropriately, The Verve were an English rock band formed in Wigan. Uh, it's in Lang. Oh, up by Manchester. Isn't um, it? Wigan's isn't in. It? Yeah, Wigan is a large town in Greater Manchester, England, on the River Douglas. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Mm. I used to borrow my neighbour's wheelbarrow before I bought a Johnson's wheelbarrow. Now my neighbour asked to borrow my wheelbarrow. <laughs> Hi, Alex. Can I borrow your Johnson's wheelbarrow? No, you have to buy your own Johnson's wheelbarrow. <laughs> Johnson's wheelbarrows are the best wheelbarrows. <laughs> round the mountain when she comes She'll be coming round the mountain she comes. She'll be coming round the mountain. Coming round the mountain. Coming round the mountain when she comes. She'll be wearing red pajamas when she comes. She'll be wearing red pajamas when she comes. She'll be wearing red pajamas. Wearing red pajamas. Wearing red pajamas when she comes. I've sent I've sent mail to Wigan before. Also, that's where Wallace and Gromit live. <laughs> Going back to the really? topic of cheese. Really, I didn't know that. But um, but uh, yeah. Um, now we do. I would like to uh, briefly talk about something, which is that because this this entire music video is an homage to the video for Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. I have no idea what the actual music video looks like, but presumably it involves. Men you know the song down Bittersweet the Symphony? I have no it idea. Go, what it, song you is. might have heard of it. It goes da 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 da. 
I have heard that one. I didn't know that's what the music video was. I've never seen the music video for it, but it's Richard Osmond walks down the driveway of the Taskmaster house, knocking people out of his way, clambering through the van that the Taskmaster Ford Transit Connect, and then going into the shed which is presumably in line with oh, yeah. what happens in the music video. I haven't seen the music video, but I will. I want to say Richard Osman, who's the tallest uh, competitor of the series, in this video he goes through like the smallest places for him. He goes, he goes through that the white is... van, um, and he has to crouch down quite low for it, and then he goes into the shed, which is also not very tall. Well, first of all, we would like to point out that those were all built with John Richardson in mind. So they are normal sized for tiny people. Also, um, rich that is part of tall people humor is showing exactly how tall you are. Yeah, we're both, as um, both quite tall individuals, we can sort of relate to that. Yes, that, that is the humor. But um, the thing I would like to talk about is the lyrics of this song, because the over... The repeated line is, she'll be wearing red pajamas when she comes. Yeah. That is not the lyric that I have ever heard used in this song before. In the, I think the thing with as far as she'll be coming around the mountain is that you can add whatever you want in that, like, first repeating I verse. Was going to, I was going to ask if you'd ever, if this was a British-specific lyric, because the one that I've always heard in the United States is, she'll be driving six wide horses. I've heard that one, too. Comes, which is like an... Um, and I didn't know whether that was a specific British thing or if this was just a chosen rhyme, which also we mom and I looked up the rest of the lyrics. There's apparently like six verses to this that I've never heard before. And I'm not going to try and find now because I didn't think of it until just now. I mean, it's a very... She'll be coming around the mountain is um a very American song, I think. Like it's one of the it's one of the key like American nursery rhymes, I think. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the uh it's definitely one of those ones that like she'll be coming around the mountain driving six wide horses as she comes is definitely like like an American esque wagon train sort of thing. Yeah, I feel I I like, don't like know six what six wide horses. I don't know like, who she is meant to be. Um but I think that's you, Presum- you can insert any female figure close to you into it. That's what I did. Yeah, but um, yeah, I always thought they were just anthropomorphizing the incoming wagon or whatever, because you know it's like driving six white horses is a ref- is what they would do is like in ye olden times of stagecoaches and wagon trains, they'd have a lot of horses on six wide. Is I think like just six horses across pulling a really heavy. Load. I thought the lyric was six white horses. Well, I don't know. Is is it? Can you look that up while I talk about the uh, the next one? Because actually, no. I need you for this next one because I have. It no says she'll idea be riding six white horses. Six white horses. Wow! I've gone for twenty four years thinking it's six wide horses. Well, that that'd be taking up a lot of horizontal space. It's the old west. It's very big. It was empty. I don't know. I don't also, know, it's man. a mountain. No- a mountain path wouldn't be like because six wide horses. I mean, that's probably like the length of two or three cars, maybe. Maybe, maybe the horses were all really fat, and they were just in a line, and they were like wide was a descriptor of the horse. <laughs> what are we talking about? 
We're getting nursery rhymes. They're all stupid. Yeah, no, they're all stupid or creepy. And help me and, with and, help me with this really next one, please. Disturbing. Okay, we can do. Help me with this next one because this is Doc Brown's one, and I genuinely have no idea at any point in this rhyme what song it's supposed to You've be. You've not heard the song because one, not- two, three, four, five. Once I caught a fish alive, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, then I let it go again. You've never heard that before. No! I think it's a very... Let what? me... let me. It might be a British one because I heard that song fucking all the time and I still kind of... No, I've never heard this. My mom has never heard this. I was staring at this because, you know, Doc Brown is a rapper. Doc Brown did uh, okay. this... okay. This is why. As a rap. Let, as a rap music video. This is what where, it says. One, two, three, four, five is a popular English language nursery rhyme uh, and accounting rhyme, obviously. Uh, it is a road, it is a road, uh, road spelled R-O-U-D, folk song index, uh, is a road folk song index is a database of around 250,000 references to nearly 25,000 songs collected from oral tradition in the English language from all over the the world. It is compiled by Steve Road, a former librarian in the London borough of Croydon. Never heard of it. Croydon. Never heard of it. I know where Croydon is. I've never heard of this song. I've never heard of this song before in my life. And then Doc rapping it, nothing against rap music, made it even less comprehensible because I had no frame of reference for what he was well, doing. Well, the full rhyme goes, it's it's very similar, but and it goes to this tune. One, two, three, four, five. Once I caught a fish alive. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Then I let it go again. Why did you let it go? Because he bit my finger so. Which finger did he bite? This little finger on my right. And that's the whole song. That's cool. Uh, let me read the I, origins I, and meaning yep. on the Wikipedia page. It's really not that long. It'll probably... T- so, okay. the rhyme is one of many counting out rhymes. It was first recorded in Mother Goose's Melody around 1765. Like most versions until the late 19th century, it had only the first stanza and dealt with a hare, not a fish, with the words, oh, this is another verse. One, two, three, four, five. I caught a hare alive. No once. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I let him go again. The modern version is derived from three variations collected by Henry Bolton in the 1800s from America. Okay, 1800s America is literally 200 years ago. It it might have just gone out of fashion. I've never heard of it in the United States. I, my mom has never heard of it in the United States. So, you know, this might be a West Coast thing because you know they're talking about fish. Did, did they mention a specific fish in it? No, or? it's just a fish. But the fish, what I think I've the fish, never, do, what fish did Doc say uses? Was it a salmon or something? Okay. So, so let me just recap this video. Doc is standing on the bank of the Thames. Yeah, I've, established the I've been to the area where Doc is, filmed this video as well. Yeah. The Taskmaster house is located next to the River Thames, yeah. or almost on the banks of the Thames. He's standing on the banks of the Thames, rapping about this, and at multiple points in the time, a salmon is yeah. thrown through the air. Obviously, we're going to play a sound bit of it. So, kids? You know a lot of these nursery rhymes chat pure gibberish, fantasy. This one's got some real talk for you, yeah? Hashtag true story. Yo, it goes one, two to the three, four, five. Once I caught a fish alive, I said six, seven to the eight, nine, ten. Then I let that little 
go again you say you let it go bit my finger bro which finger did it bite this little finger on my right <laughs> and doc punches a salmon out of the air like four or five times and it's what causes his hand to bleed like shit as as we as is pointed out, he punched the fish so hard that he hurt his hand from the scales, and he is not a fish man. My no, my notes on this actually the entire notes for Doc Browner wrapped this one in parentheses. What nursery rhyme was it? Five question marks. Real talk in parentheses because he starts with real. Did talk. you not like Google it afterwards the, to see what it was? I couldn't. I couldn't understand what he was saying because. He was saying he was rapping it fairly quickly, and I had no idea. Like that what wasn't quick rapping. Quick rapping is the infamous am, Eminem rap god verse. Okay, I I'm aware of that, but when you have no idea what he's supposed to be saying, it's you. It's just a jumble of sounds, and you're also being very confused at why he's hitting a salmon. Well, he's pissed off because it bit his finger. None of this makes any sense, and. Any, and anyway, he like, and like, I this can't find my, origins for this at all. I mean, if you know the origins of this song, please write to us at ytsnpod at gmail.com or leave it in the comments below on this YouTube video. Why is this a song? Who wrote this? Where is it? Well, it's oral in? tradition, it so it's it certainly oral... is not America. Oh, yeah, this is this was a this was one of the nursery rhymes I heard a lot growing up. This Which is, is prime, it, like, 2004-2006. Okay, this is not a nursery rhyme that I've ever heard in my life. And I had no idea what Doc was saying. Um, he hurt his hand on a salmon. That's and all you know. it's... Yeah, so... So this was... Uh, this was not my favorite one. Um, finally, we have... Uh, Joe Wilkinson. Joe Wilkinson, who did a very recognizable nursery rhyme that I think we all know. Old MacDonald had a well, farm. Well, it's a recognizable yeah, song, yeah, but yeah. it was a not-so-recognizable version of it. It was very recognizable. Well, it was, it was Joe, recognizable, it but had, it was shit. It was, it, it was very low energy, and I liked it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, play, we'll, um, we'll play it so you can get an idea of what yes. it says. Old MacDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. With an oink, oink here and an oink, oink there, everywhere an oink, oink. With a quack, quack here and a quack, quack there, everywhere a quack, quack. With a moo, moo, moo here and a moo, moo there, everywhere a moo, moo. With a nay, nay here and a nay, nay there, everywhere a nay, nay. With a cluck, cluck here and a cluck, cluck there, everywhere a cluck, cluck. With a bar, bar here and a bar, bar there, everywhere a bar, bar. Old MacDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. I do <laughs> Joe Wilkinson and Alex Horner standing in front of a green screen. Joe Wilkinson is, without even attempting to sing, reciting the lyrics of Old MacDonald had a farm somewhat incorrectly. I it feel feels like someone's behind the camera with a gun and cue cards and getting them all mixed up. And Maybe, because... um. Because apparently he did not recite the words in the exact order, but Alex is ducking out of frame every every time. Unintended, because uh, he every pops time, up as a duck one point. Yeah, every time Joe 
calls up a new animal or the farmer or anything with some sort of prop to go along with the uh, with the animal, and that's that's the entire music video. It goes on for a couple of verses, then it stops, and it's very it's funny. It's funny because it's low effort. This is Tree Wizard done properly because they're not even he's not trying to 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 disguise the fact that it's terrible. Ramesh. We've we've gone over this before, but um, but uh, this is that's that's the music videos. Um, now Greg scored these very differently from myself and my mom. So uh, wait, hold on. He Taskmaster Joe. Okay, now you can do. We want to do. Okay, so. Just to recap the scores that Greg gave before we do Taskmaster Joe, um, he did give a first place jointly to Doc Brown and John Richardson because those were objectively the best music videos. Yeah, I'm, which I'm not. I'm not going to lie; they're not a. They're not the. You know, like I don't like Docs, but if if you know what the nursery rhyme is. I'd, you know, you're going to put it a little bit higher. I, a lot of my dislike of this song is because I had no idea what it was. And then, I guess um, I can see why. I genuinely had no idea what he was going on about. Like, like, and I, and when you'd have no idea what's happening, the punching of the salmon makes no sense, and neither does the blood on his finger. Like, like, imagine watching. It's also now a first day where I am. Cool. Happy Thursday. Imagine watching a um a foreign film with like the subtitles off, and you you think you know where it's going, and then suddenly there's a change. There's like a change in direction. That's that's kind of what it was. It's very rare I get like totally blindsided. This was one of them. But um, but uh, scores. anyway, scores. Anyways, there's there's no uh second place. He gave third place to uh. To well, I, I think he he did give four points to Catherine, did he not? No, he no he gave John and Doc first, joint first, skipped second, and gave Catherine third. But he, I, I wrote down he and on the wiki, uh, he says he gave. Well, then I misheard. Then I misheard that, and he gave her second. Then next was Osman. Richard Osman. And then finally was Joe Wilkinson. Which means the scores at this point are. Uh, Doc's in first on 14, John on 11, Richard on 9, Catherine on 8, and John on 6. And now it's time to do... Taskmaster Joe. Go for it. Yes. Taskmaster Joe. So to start with, my mom and I both loved the Three Blind Mice one. I didn't like... I thought it was a little weirder, but mom gave it definite first place. She she adored this. I uh I liked um but mom mom adored it. I gave it a I'm sorry, I gave it second place because I thought that uh Joe Wilkinson's video was was very funny. That is this it it captures the peak nursery rhyme aesthetic because you are giving this you're showing this to a child. You are tired. You don't want to have to recite Old MacDonald Has a Farm for the 9,000th time. This is like peak tired nursery rhyme, and I like that. Mom gave that one second, so we, we differentiate, we differ a bit there. 
then then um we both gave Richard Osman third because we didn't understand Mon didn't understand what the music video was supposed to be an homage to, but it was an actual music video as opposed to that and we we knew the song, which is very important. Then um I get then my mom gave uh gave fifth place to uh fifth place to Doc and uh Catherine. And then I and I gave fourth place to Doc. Okay. And then and then I gave fifth place to Catherine as well. Okay. Because Catherine's is not a nursery rhyme. Mom because this is not a nursery rhyme. This is bait this is basically a public service announcement about the benefits of brushing your damn teeth. It's not a nursery rhyme. It's very well produced, but it's not a nursery rhyme. This is brush your teeth, you smelly child, is what this is. This is like a nursery rhyme is something you sing to your child to make them go to bed. If you sing to your child about dentistry to make them go to sleep, you are either a J.K. Rowling character or you are the most boring human being in existence. And neither one of those are a nursery rhyme worthy. Um, I want to ask you, what nursery rhyme would you have done and how would you have done it? Because this would be a fun one to answer. If I'm being entirely honest, the only nursery rhyme I remember is uh, Rockabye Baby. And if we're either that or... um, if we're counting I've been working on the railroad as a nursery rhyme, maybe that. I have no idea what I would do for either of them. I think maybe as an American you could get away with the work. I don't know, quite know the I'm working on the railroad one, but I think you could get away with it as an American. Yeah, I'd, it's more along the lines of I don't know if it's really a nursery rhyme. Well, is it a but, song um, like small children would sing? Yeah, but also I'm weird and I liked trains a lot, so I don't me, really know if that. I don't really know if that's like a universal thing. Also, I really have no idea how I would hmm. perform either of those, so or like do a video for those. So I'm I'm kind of I I, I might think of one later, but I genuinely I don't remember most nursery rhymes. For my child. I have two th- I have two options for what I do because one of my favorite nursery rhymes growing up was Humpty Dumpty. Um, oh, so yeah. what I I one I have two. What I what I would have done as Humpty Dumpty, I would probably have just like drawn an, a face on an egg and like, or maybe I would have like done like camera trickery and um, so like from up close it would look like Alex Horn is Humpty Dumpty. Uh, and then it pans back to where the egg actually, a normal egg falls off the wall and it's all like broken and the yolks everywhere and stuff. And then like, I would come on myself and some of the camera crew would come on dressed as like, uh, soldiers on horseback. Um, and we'd all just be like looking at the broken egg. That's involved. You know, I was, now that you said Humpty Dumpty, I was thinking of that one. My entire thing would be like, you know, in my head, I would love to do just have it be the video of me from the eat me fastest win task of just eating me eating the egg and that's it. Okay. But 
But no, it would be Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall and it would just be an egg. And then Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. The egg gets smashed by a brick. Wow. And then, and then we just, and then it's like just more gruesome things happening to an egg. The other one I do would probably be a ring a ring of roses, but we'd all be dressed like plague doctors. <laughs> wow. That's a great way to win. That's that's great. That would be great if you could do that. Well, if you ask Alex for anything, he could probably get it for you on the fly. Yeah, I mean, a plague doctor mask, and if you do some Dutch angles and stuff, and get ominous children chanting it, like yeah, or, you know, like cre- creepy, creepy ghost kid style. Creepy ghost kid ch- style. I won't. I won't sing it in creepy ghost kid style because yeah, it it, yeah, it, yeah. it sends fucking chills down my spine. When it, someone sings it like it's one of those ones where it's like the the only time it's creepy is when someone is telling you, "Oh, didn't you know it's about the plague?" And then they always do it creepy. It's like it wasn't creepy before, you fuck. Like creepy music box music really gets me. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's it's very contextual. It's very like you know is this content context supposed to be creepy? Well. You know, go fuck yourself. I hate creepy stuff. Mm. I, you know, it's, it's. Okay. Um, but, yeah. um, I think onwards. I'm, I'm going to breeze through this next one. Um, yeah, this one is on the shortest task of okay, the Okay, so, uh, I'll make this very quickly. Hopefully, I can do it in like three, four minutes. Uh, task three uh, take a photo of an inanimate object that looks like yourself. So, um,. Doc Brown. This one featured a, a disposable film camera, by the way, just which which I thought was a very uh, nice a, touch. Wasn't it? I thought it was a Polaroid. No, no. This one was. They they have a camera. the 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 full text of the task is: using this camera, take a picture of an inanimate object that looks like you. Closest resemblance wins. You have twenty weeks. Your time starts now. And there's a disposable film camera. Okay. That's been covered in a paper wrapping because they always have the brand name of the like like Fujifilm or Kodak or something written on the camera. Yeah. And then they take that off of the task and they go about and they do that. Sorry. Um okay, so I guess I'll run through what with what everyone went through. Um so Doc, uh his inanimate object was a doll of um like a poseable action figure like an action man or Barbie doll. It's, of, it says it's a, an action figure from JLS. Yeah, Martin Humes from JLS. So, do you know JLS? What's JLS? Uh, it's a British boy band. It's no offense to the JLS guys, but I wouldn't say they were like One Direction big. Um, okay. So, the members include um, uh, Marvin Humes, obviously, uh, JB Gill, Arisha Williams, and my personal favorite, Aston Marigold. You're saying these names like I know who they well, are. Well, I'm just reading off the Wikipedia page and I'm, I just kind of like got to know them. I, I don't really listen to their music, but I like, I know their names and stuff. Like I, I know one, the names of the One Direction guys, but I don't like listen to their music. Well, well, I, when they were together, that is. But yeah, no, no offense to like, uh, the others who are not Aston, but Marvin does, uh, the doll especially looks weirdly like Doc Brown. Yeah, and uh, although Catherine thinks that he should be uh, disqualified because he thinks that two black men look alike. I mean, I, I'm not sure how to respond to that in this context. Well, it's it's no no from from the show she thinks that he should get disqualified. Yeah, mate. and also Joe got a toaster, uh, which, which yes. still kind of looked like him even without the second picture. 
Yes, Joe Wilkinson apparently punched in this toaster because it doesn't work. It, well. it only browns on one side, according to him. Yep. And uh, it shows it shows a picture of Joe. Is like there's a picture of Joe is like where he's like looking upward. I think it's like his scoreboard picture. But you can like the like the gray bit in the reflection of the toaster does look like the bottom of his beard. Yeah, it's a really it's really funny because you can sort of do like process of elimination on everything else and then you sort of realize, oh wait, that's Wilkinson. That's Wilkinson. It's I honestly like this is not a Taskmaster Joe segment, but I wanna I wanna rate him higher for this task because it's a really like this is like the purest form of inanimate object that looks like you. I just don't know how further up I'd put him. Hmm. I don't know it. I mean, I I can't really just. I don't really know of any inanimate objects that look like me. Um, well, then you could go the John Richardson approach. Maybe, but I'd like to be more creative. Anyway, um, speaking of John Richardson and what he did, was he got a he made a three D print of his head, and what it and, and it to scale as well. And Greg puts it on his shoulder, and it's like a tiny little thing, and it does. It genuinely looks like John Richardson standing next to Greg. It Davis. does. Which also gives me my favorite exchange of the episodes. Where'd you get that printed off? 3D printers. It's like, it's such an obvious thing, but also we didn't have 3D printers like even a couple of years Sorry ago. Sorry for my creepy so it was, chat. It's, it's really funny. And, um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really funny. Also, it doesn't look great in the picture. But it's actually apparently fairly life like in real Also life. Greg said John tells Greg that he can keep it for like his good conscience. And Greg says he will keep it, but not for those purposes. Mm-hmm. Oh Gregory. Good old Gregory Davis. Oh big Gregory. He's always watching you. Um and anyway, and Catherine pulls out uh some box art of a woman from I'm not exactly sure Shapewear Spanx, which sounds like some yes. leggings. Yes, Spanx is basically um, it's it's like compression shapewear. I I don't wear them, but I know what they are. I thought they and, sounded um, like a I'd, leggings brand. They they kind of okay. Hold on, I can Google this. I'm smart. <laughs> uh, We're both pretty unintelligent, to be honest. Spanx, spelled S-P-A-N-X, yep. is an American underwear maker focusing on shaping briefs and leggings. You basically wear them. Over your your own, a woman would wear these around, like like between like mid chest and mid thigh, and it like minimizes any body fat you might have in that area because we as a society making a waist a bit smaller. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's 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 probably a good thing. It's like compression hose, but for your butt. (laughs) Okay, Um, like I know what that's the type. Oh, compression hose is um, stuff you wear if you need to increase circulation in your legs. I can't remember what we suggested for the title of this episode, to be honest. We should have that as the ep- as a as the episode title, like compression hose for your butt. Compression hose for your but, butt. Um, okay. But um, but yeah, compression hose is basically. We're, we're like um, choosing between. We're like we're we're like choosing pudding in a restaurant with like our titles. Like we can't decide what yes. to go with. Why not everything? We did that once, but um, but um, yeah. A compression hose is basically really tight socks that increase circulation. I wear them sometimes. I, I had to wear like a sleeve on, where my leg hurt, to sort of like get blood flow. Yeah, on 
on long airplane flights especially, it's recommended you wear them if you're a bigger person like me because uh, it prevents a deep vein thrombosis. I wouldn't say you look... Is when, I, I mean, I'm looking at your picture. I wouldn't say you're I'm, that... I'm very... I'm very, like, just physically large. And if when you was sit this down picture for a taken? long time... Last month. Okay. I'm, I'm physically very large, and sometimes if you sit down for a while, it can... Like on long airplane flights, can screw with your blood flow. Lady Gaga once had it happen to her because she, uh, she actually was wearing a dress that was made almost entirely of duct tape. Is this like late two thousand? Was, was so, this late two thousands Lady Gaga or late twenty tens Lady Gaga? Uh, early twenty tens, late two thousands Lady Gaga was wearing a dress made entirely out of duct tape on an airplane. That is something Lady um, Gaga at the time it would was, do. It was so. Tight on her legs that she had to have it cut off because she was going to have a medical emergency. Uh, like modern day Lady Gaga would not do that, I think. But, I feel um, like she's toned yeah. down her fashion sense. Lady Gaga is just sort of there and still making great music. And for some reason, I've never really gotten into her stuff. And I always am like wondering why. The, star- the any- soundtrack for A Star Is Born is very good. Yeah, everything she's done is at the very least good, and I've just never really gotten into it. And I was, and I'm never quite certain why. I quite like Lady but, Gaga. Um, I've got a couple of her songs on my playlist. Yeah, and then um, oh good, songs I've tasked for. Never no. mind. Um, oh no, no wait, hold sorry, on. We, no, we skipped just... over. Did we skip over Richard Osman? No, yes, we did. Richard Osman, the obvious winner of oh, this Oh, yeah, he's, basically, he took a picture of the uh, eye protection must be worn uh, demonstration guy, and it looks like him. It point looks blank, like him. Point which blank I, and simple. Just get a picture and put it here. Point, which I would also like to uh, point out that that is the European eye protection must be worn sign. In There are it's, different, it's I, there are different warning signs for in America versus the European. It's uncanny region. right down to the shape of the glasses. And I think... Yeah. That is and what inspired, yeah, yeah, and the hair, and I think it's that um, picture. That's his Twitter profile. It, picture, I thought it. it I, I think it inspired the uh, Richard Osman's House of Games logo. Yeah, it it obviously is because that's that's what you would do. But um, just as a quick tangent, because I am coming up against a time limit because we're ordering food for dinner in a little bit. Okay, so um, we're gonna we're gonna power through this last yeah. bit. Uh, we might, I, we might I just still break the, two hours. Oh, we're going to break two hours, but I just got the text message like a minute ago okay. saying, what do you, what are you want for... Uh, uh, well, we're ordering Chinese, so I'm going to get beef egg foo yum. Uh, some, our, Chinese, our local Chinese restaurant does uh, beef on a mm. stick, which is basically just teriyaki beef and teriyaki chicken on a on like a... It's not like a kebab, but it's like it's a very small wooden stick and then... Uh, Fried dumplings and crab rangoon. Okay. So I'm going to quickly rattle but, off the um, scores, leave a bit of space, uh, and then we'll do yes. Taskmaster Joe. So um, uh, you don't need to do Taskmaster Joe for this one. I agree with everything except maybe Wilkinson being high. Okay. Well, so the scores are Richard five, John four, Catherine three, Joe two, and Doc one. Yes, and now we get to the funniest task of the entire thing, oh, yeah. which is Th- that this is this one was funny, but it was also a nightmare to make notes for. Because this one was edited together, and the, we're just going to very quickly run through the task, which is ordering, or you are to order the following, the contestants are to order the following pizza for the taskmaster. An extra large vegetarian pizza 
without with pepperoni and bacon, but without cheese and tomato. And you cannot say now, any this of is, the keywords. You you cannot say the following words: extra, large, vegetarian, pizza, pepperoni, bacon, tomato, or cheese. And then you also get a bonus point if you can make the person on the other end of the phone at the pizza shop say the word bubbles. Now, before we get any further, my mom came up with a suggestion on how to do this within the within the conventional logic of not just saying, hi, I can't say certain words, which um, which is that she said, and she actually wrote this down, so I'm going to write down what she said. You have to order the biggest pie with olives, peppers, onions, etc., whatever their menu says a vegetarian pizza says has, except don't say tomato. Then ask what kind of meats they have and say yes when they say bacon and pepperoni. Then say none of that one that gooey bubbly stuff or just say no dairy and and that is her suggestion which is basically to make them give all of the ingredients to you and then you select that's a good suggestion i don't know if i have a different in the moment i have a different suggestion which would go as this hi is this the pizza shop yeah i lost a bet and i can't use any of the words to order what you sell but I have to order one of them. Can you please be very patient with me and I'll tip you very well? That's a good idea. But we're going to have to walk through this a bit. Or you could say that you crawled for comic relief. <laughs> you could also do that. Tim but, um, uh huh. But yes, but no one actually thought to do either of those. They all actually just tried to do it as straight as they could. Um, and, as some background information that they said at the beginning of the task, there were five separate pizza places, local pizza shops, not apparently not chains. They all were real pizzas that were really delivered, and and uh, and so they um, they called those and they did this. And Doc Brown went first, although it was Doc and Joe together. And then uh, there was and then and. Doc Just want to say, Joe, first off the bat, Joe called the first yeah. number. Joe called was unrecognized. Yes, it did say that he had not dialed the number correctly. It just sort of gave the this this number is not in service menu. But um, but uh, Doc calls and he immediately screws up by saying that he doesn't want any extras. Which, in in this context, in the context it was written down, you couldn't say extra large. But in actuality, you could not say the words extra or large. So he did not realize that. And then um, he also is trying to convince this – to get this person to figure out what kind of pork product he wants. And pork – and he tries like talking about like breakfast sausage and it doesn't work. And he's like, pork is a sausage. <laughs> he spelled the word bacon, which is – a very interesting way of doing it that he was not penalized for. I'm not sure how you feel about that, but I think that's a very interesting workaround. And then he also said the word pizza at the end. Yeah, that, that was unfortunate. End, yes. Um, Joe Wilkinson wants a round doughy meal and with uh, without red sauce or fromage, which I thought was a nice touch. <laughs> um, actually, that for um, those listening, my dad, when whenever we uh, take fam- pictures, and st- he says fromage instead of cheese. So it's all that's that's always really funny. So their mouths um, are like joke. Sh- so they're like they're like making a zh sound as you take a picture. No, he just smiles and says fromage, because the whole reason you say cheese when you take a picture is because the your mouth makes the uh, the 
the smile shape as you're saying it, but we just don't. We just sort of say cheese and then smile and then the picture is taken. Okay. Every you know it's 2021. We all know how to smile in a picture. But uh and we've gotten to the point where you can take a bunch at once thanks to digital cameras. Anyways, um uh Joe Wilkinson also does not want red sauce and fromage. Hmm. Um he does say the word bacon and then he um he finishes the call by telling the pizza shop worker I love you, which is always very nice. And then uh and then we get on to the next three because these were all done at once, which is really, really not helpful for when you're watching this, trying to figure out who did what and writing it down for your notes. Um, but uh, Catherine, John, and Richard are all grouped together. Uh, they all used words to sort of dance around the issue. Like they all sort of like approached the the high. Can I order something like from the size from the side? Like they came at it sideways, like. Can I get like an extra large? Can I get like a a venti? Is what Catherine Ryan yeah. asked for. Um, uh, Richard is blaming a bunch of imaginary people for why his pizzas have like such conflicting ingredients. Um, John Richardson just said the word pizza several times. <laughs> just gives up. Uh, Richard, interestingly enough, um. The instructions were that they didn't want tomato sauce or cheese, so you basically have just like bread with meat. Um, he he orders a pizza with a barbecue sauce base, which is not wrong, but is also not correct. And, I mean, uh, can you penalize him for that? I don't know. Listen, we're going to get to that in a second because his pizzas in particular are really funny. And then, uh, and yes, I did say pizzas plural, but um. Uh, Catherine, meanwhile, gets through most of this correctly and then has to call back the, to the pizza place because she did not tell them without cheese. Of course, she can't say the word cheese, so she has to dance around this issue, have them say the word for her, and then apologize by saying, I'm not from England. I'm, going, I'm not from this country. I'm sorry. In perfect English. Also, can I just say happy two hours? Hey, it is two hours, and it's Thursday where you are. This is definitely going to be the longest episode, unless you just want to uh, to blow through the um the the live task as quickly as possible. But um, the live task, but yeah, but um, keep going. But um, yeah, this episode was this task was really hard to figure out how many mistakes people made because Alex only sort of kind of mentions them, and we're not shown all of them on camera, so I couldn't count them out myself. <laughs> but um, we basic the only thing that we know for because they actually did show pizzas on screen, and Joe in the future in the edit do not show a picture of all the pizzas on the screen because you're going to have to take screenshots, and that's going to be a pain at the two hour mark in the show to do. So don't the two hour but, mark. Um, the two-hour mark in the in the thing. I if when I edit these, I put in screenshots from the show a lot, and I know that I'm going to have to snip out like five different scenes from the episode to show the pizzas that oh, were ordered, okay. and I really don't want to do that. So I'm leaving a note for myself in the future. Okay. Time travel, motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, and so we are seeing most of them got it correct, except. Or there were some minor mistakes, except for Richard Osman, who managed to somehow order two pizzas, both of which had cheese on them. I don't know how he managed this, 
but he got two pizzas with cheese on them. And it's really, really funny. Um, uh, then, then the bonus round is mentioned, which is that how many times you can get them to say bubbles. Uh, Joe Wilkinson and Doc Brown both gave, gave the name Bubbles as their, uh, as their name for the pizza shop. Richard, because he's a game show host, asked the pizza shop person if they remembered the name of Michael Jackson's pet chimp. Which, for anyone who doesn't remember, Michael Jackson has a pet chimp, had a pet chimp named Bubbles. Yeah. I vaguely remember that. I think it was, it was something he was famous for amongst... He was famous for that when I was very young because Michael Jackson did die in 2008 and hadn't really been relevant for over a decade mm. before that. But then when he, so, when he died, he was fucking everywhere again. He was fucking everywhere again because we all um, sort of remembered, oh wait, and when, and when we, Jacko made And really when we say he was music. fucking everywhere, that has more than one... Inter- that's open to interpretation. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, but naturally the pizza shop owner did not know the name of Michael Jackson's pet chimp. Uh, John Richardson. It's awesome to say the word bubbles. That, that, that was, yeah. That, that is something that my mom didn't realize either. Is who that asked if they could say the could word bubbles? Say, was it Joe? You could, that, that was Joe Wilkinson. And he still said no. He said, are, he said the word, can you say the, can you say bubbles? And the guy on the phone was like, bubbles? Without realizing it, and no. then just no, and then it's just like that's but, it. Um, but it didn't matter. But yeah, you you were allowed to say the word bubbles. Uh, Catherine Ryan, um, actually danced around this issue as well. She thought that she was trying to explain like uh, the bubbles and the pizza crust, which I I don't know why a pizza shop would not know about yeast bubbles, but apparently they did not. Um, John Richardson asked if he could get a drink that didn't have bubbles in it or like a non-carbonated beverage, which again, they did not understand. It didn't say you couldn't say bubbles. Yes. Which I don't think uh, a lot of people grasped. Nope, they did not. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, Catherine, Joe, and Doc all did get someone to say bubbles, which which gets us to our scores at the end is um, because... I actually did not have any fucking idea who got what score until Alex just said it at the end. Uh, John Richardson came first. Joe Wilkinson came second. Catherine Ryan third. Doc Brown fourth. Richard Osman fifth. Richard got two pizzas somehow. Richard got two pizzas somehow. Richard got two pizzas. Both of them contained cheese. One of them had a barbecue sauce base. It was really weird. Mm. Now, now let's get now let's very quickly start. And the scores at this point, the overall scores. John has overtaken the lead from Doc. Uh, So John's on 20, Doc's on 18. Catherine and Richard are both on 15, and Joe is on 13. Yes. And now on to the live task. So the live task is uh, uh, put potatoes into a basket using extra large chopsticks, which are actually uh, snooker cues, which are taller than John Richardson. This is actually the wordiest task you've got so far. Do you want me? I actually wrote the whole thing down. Do you want me? You to can do, it? yeah. Using these big chopsticks, get these potatoes into your basket. You may only hold the chopsticks by the grips provided. The big chopsticks may only touch the potatoes. Whoever gets the most potatoes in the basket after 100 seconds wins. Yeah, very wordy. It's a very wordy task that Joe Wilkinson did not read loud enough, and so Richard Osman did not hear part of it. That will become important in a moment. I didn't have many notes. 
obviously the big thing was uh, Richard Osman started picking up the potatoes with his hands and putting them on his chopsticks so he could just empty them like down a slide into his basket. Uh, the 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 chopsticks have balls on the end of them. Too. Yeah, I think that making like, like, like so you easier. can't stab. No, no, so you can't stab the potatoes. Oh yeah, that's that's like a good you, point. And then um, uh, what else? Uh, what else? Everyone gets else angry. Pretty angry. Joe's basket falls off stage. So does Doc's. Um, I think it was John who steals someone else's potato because everyone started with ten potatoes, but Joe yeah. John stole someone else's. Nearly said Joel. Um, Doc is not a potato man either. He's not a fish man. He's not an. Egg he's man. not a he's much a man, man. I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, John got eleven out of ten potatoes, as you said, and then Catherine got five of ten. Those are the only numbers we are given yeah. about this. Doc task. and John, Doc and Joe, sorry, both got zero, and Richard is disqualified because he, uh, Greg thinks he broke the rules. Yeah, we well, did. He just the rules weren't explained to him very much. But anyway, uh, that leaves the scores then- as follows. Uh, Joe is in last on 13 Richard's on 15 Doc's on 18 Catherine's on 19 but good episode for John he finished on 25 John Richardson gets his cardigan back he is the uh, winner of the task yay yay I can go to bed yay you can go to bed I can have Chinese which we should just point out last thing uh, John John Richardson pulls his shirt over the top of the leg mannequin holding up Catherine's leggings and pretends that he's wearing them. It's really funny. That's the end of this. You have to go to bed. All I right. have to go eat Chinese. It's been two hours, seven minutes, and 50 seconds, and this is probably our longest or second it longest It will be our longest. Um, we'll, be, we'll be back soon, though, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.